listening to another episode of Beckett's Babies. We're your hosts, Sam Collier. And Sarah Cho. And today's episode is, oh boy, we've been trying to get to this place for what feels like months. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But we got here. We're We're here. We're finally here. We're here. So it is um, a collection of one-act plays called Power Plays by Elaine May and Ellen Arkin. This is all part of our monthly play discussion, and and today happens to be uh, three one-act plays, which is pretty exciting. Um, so we're going to look at these plays as if it were happening in the course of an evening, because I think that's how it was in, uh, intended, um, this kind of mm-hmm. evening of shorts. And the plays were, again, written by Elaine May and Ellen Arkin. Um, and so... These three plays, the first one is called The Way of All Fish. It's uh, two female uh, woman show, uh, which is which is very fun. It's like about this <laughs> a wealth, wealthy woman and her secretary slash assistant. <laughs> She's a secretary. She wants to be called an assistant, assistant. and then the boss, her boss is like, no, you're a mm-hmm. secretary. Right, <laughs> uh, which I think we talked about before this we started recording as we really like that one a lot. Um, the second one of the three one X was uh, called Virtual Reality by Alan Arkin. Uh, that was a, a wacky one. Um, yeah, I really like that one too. And it I mean, was, I like them all. Yeah, I like them all too. Um, and the third is called the In and. Out of the light. And that one was just ridiculous. <laughs> it takes all place in a, a dentist office. Uh, all four actors are in this together, um, while the other two were only two person. Um, so, yeah, let's get into this. Let's get into these plays. Um, what were your first initial impressions of all these plays together, Sam? Um, okay, well, here are my first impressions. First of all, we went back to the 90s, which feels like <laughs> a really long time ago. Um, mm-hmm. I kept being surprised by how dated this these plays felt. Um, mm-hmm. Second of all, um, the, you know, they're called power plays, and it felt like they were all really about power dynamics, which was fun, but particularly the first one. Um, the like who had the upper hand kept shifting and that was really enjoyable um mm-hmm. and they I don't know they were just they were really they were both surprising and um I mean just kind of in their stylistic choices and plot twists I found mm-hmm. them Delightful. But I think, yeah, the first one, The Way of All Fish, was my favorite of the three. What are what were your first impressions? Yeah, my first impressions, you know, I've heard of these plays because they were constantly recommended to me by, you know, fellow sketch comedians and improvisers. Every time I tell them I'm a playwright, they just go, oh, have you read these plays? And by Elaine May and Ellen It's so Arkin. funny because I've never heard of them before. I, it's It does feel very, like... Uh, I don't know, uh, insider <laughs> game. It's like yeah. Because of only because of who Elaine May and Ellen Arkin is as, um, 
comedians and act performers. But I was just, I going into it, I was really, yes, it did feel dated for sure. <laughs> but I think the mechanics of the comedy were all there. And those like what you were mentioning, the twists and turns, like those mm-hmm. elements of surprises, um, catching the audience by surprise or trying to, you know, whatever that is, that is kind of part of the comedy. You know, it's, it, so it was, it was kind of in that case, like looking at it um, with that lens, like, huh, so this is how they write like a comedy play, you know, like Mm -hmm. this is how it looks. And so it was kind of, I was delighted by that. Um, And yeah, the, I feel like the first one, although maybe the language feels dated, but I think the power dynamic felt still very, very relevant. Like everyone has become worked under somebody before, you know? Also, can we just talk about how this is over 20 years ago and the secretary makes $30,000. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, wow, salaries have literally not gone up. (laughs) (laughs) So true. 20 years. Oh yeah. Right. Right. And it's, um, right. And, and this was in New York, and then it takes place in New York. So I kind of wondered. I was like, "Wow, maybe this was a little." And then, and then I just got very depressed about the economy. But that's another story. <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Um, and the last one, you know, I feel like if I was so I was reading these plays and looking at it, of course, of an evening, right? We have the first play as two person two female the second place two men two male actors um mm-hmm. and the last one is like all four of the the cast members are all performing this together which is very like you always want to end comedy in like a big bang you know like have everyone involved it's big it's crazy it's a little you know it's and it always ends in like marriage of some kind right like it's some oh, sort of yeah. like a togetherness together so you know following that saying that it does feel like um which i'll probably get into later but you know ellen may uh elaine may and ellen arkin were you know improvisers and so they probably adopted a lot of how they maybe did improv um because there's something structures about long-form improv that i kind of found a lot in these three together mm-hmm. um so yeah, well, and so, they end up not only together, but they're singing and dancing. Yes, I mean it just became a totally different kind of play in the last couple of days. Right. Like, <laughs> who are these people, and why are they singing? Just singing and dancing. Yeah, um, that felt very sketch comedy to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. So, I guess the questions um, that I kind of thought about when I was reading, and you know. It, you know, what, what do you think was funny about these plays? You're asking me, mm-hmm. you're the, you're the comedic uh, authority. <laughs> well, I'm sure you podcast. were, there are moments you were laughing, Like, why do you think yeah, you were there laughing? Were, there were. Okay. Well, I, and we can do spoilers, right? Yes. Yes. Um, so I, one of the things I just loved so much about the way of all fish was that, well, first of all, I, I just love the language. It was so surprising to me. And um, maybe this is from her sketch comedy background, but I immediately knew who these characters were from the first mm. couple of lines. Ms. Um, Asquith was so distinct. Um, and, and, and like not 
complicated in a bad way. Like she was just like mm-hmm. an uncomplicated, clear character right from the beginning. Um, and I thought I knew who the secretary was because of the way she was behaving towards her. Like I thought I understood Miss Riverton as this kind of meek um, assistant. And then when she came out of left field and started talking about wanting to murder somebody famous so that she could be famous, I right. I just adored that switch because suddenly like I felt like I had no idea who Miss Riverton was and neither did Miss Asquith. Asquith. And it was very destabilizing. Yeah. Um, and similarly, in virtual reality, when all of a sudden the objects, it was like the two men entered the world of the objects and they were setting up the tent and you felt like they were really on the expedition now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is funny so much as just um, the kind of, moment I love to see in theater where like you're already suspending disbelief and so when you're asked to suspend disbelief again you make that switch really easily and you're not quite sure what's real inside the world of the play and and what's imaginary um Mm -hmm. so it, it those two moments felt similar in a way but but in the way of all fish it was just hilarious and in virtual reality it was kind of like unnerving (laughs) that's a good word um yeah the first one like everything you said we immediately knew uh who these two uh characters were to each other um and they were grounded right it's kind of this like grounded reality in a way Mm -hmm. because we recognize immediately the relationship um and i just love you know the thing about love about comedy is like you take one ex- like example a specificity like the the band of the exercise band mm-hmm. and in that example in that scene or instance you see how the dynamic the relationship starts to unravel and kind of explode and heightened in a way that you don't know where it's going to go but that those moments of heightening is what makes it like hilarious mm-hmm. um but yeah just by it i think that's like the hard thing about sometimes writing a comedy is like instead of constantly pulling brand new information all this like oh extracting it it's like how can you kind of still keep it from this original intent and just explode it in different ways and i think that's why that moment where she's like, I'm interested in killing someone famous to be famous, you know, whatever like the, <laughs> that lines that she said, which is so like ridiculous, but the way it, it came about, it almost, it still happened organically because mm-hmm, of just mm-hmm. of the way Miss um, Asquith was treating Miss Riverton, her uh, secretary, <laughs> like that relationship. Because mm-hmm. um, almost, you could kind of, and you can almost tell, like, Miss Riverton, uh, you don't know what's happening, what's, you know, where she's coming from, but the the position that she's in and the things that she has to put up with is, like, could, could you could almost get into that uh, mind's eye, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then the second one, so you get from this grounded first act, and I 
I kept, I kept thinking about what this would look like over the course of the evening. And then you get to a second one, which even the title is called virtual reality. It's not even a grounded place. It's sort of like its own plane. Which of- I was thinking, like, what did that even mean in the 90s? <laughs> right. What, what oh is virtual reality? Was it what like is a vir- chatboard? <laughs> yeah, right. No, right. Like, I'm like, what, what, what? was virtual reality in the 90s for sure like I was thinking I mean the the example that I go to when I think of virtual reality in the 90s is there's this episode of X-Files uh, <laughs> where Scully and Mulder are like in this like first point shooter like game and it's like very mm. weird and like it's not it's it's very cheesy very cheesy so when I think of virtual reality in the 90s I'm like it's the most cheesiest thing yeah ever. like bad special effects bad yes yes <laughs> So that's what I was immediately thinking, but the way I was reading it and the way they like were using objects, I was like, okay, so we're going from like this, like, I'm sure the first act had like a whole set piece and they had like props. The second one is probably like bare, uh, minimal. Mm-hmm. And they're like, a lot of it's based on the actor's performance and the way they physically are going to move and like picking objects and being objects or whatever that is. Um, so kind of thought like in terms of both of these two, two different two handers, <laughs> I was like, uh, they, I could see, um, like the, the energy, the course of the two, you know, it was like different energy levels, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, because that's where I feel like in, a, in comedy too is like you want different levels. You want to like pull the audience in. You want to make them laugh. You also want them to chuckle. You want like different energy oh, levels. Oh, this is so smart. I'm so glad. Yeah, I think you should just like keep telling us your wisdom because that makes so much <laughs> sense that like it starts in one place and then goes somewhere quieter mm-hmm. and then the final one is – like slapsticky and over the top yes yeah the third one like it so yeah the third one right it takes place in a dentist's office uh there's a relationship between the dentist and his um assistant slash hygienist i'm not sure uh and you're like oh he's about to have an affair with her um yeah and we established like we know what he wants and it's like this whole act is like what he's unable to get basically and there's all this thing energy yeah (laughs) very um yeah it was just so wacky um and the there was the her his um patient who's just like very neurotic and very like you know like she's been seeing him for years and like so she feels like entitled to always constantly get his uh service (laughs) right right um and then we have his son that comes in that wants to tell him to come that he's basically coming out to his father but um yeah this i think was the one that felt the most dated to me partly because Mm -hmm. you know the son is like, I'm gay. And then the dad has a heart attack, but also because some of the, <laughs> some of the humor, like the, um, well, what's her name? The hygienist Sue. She, she's so nonchalant about saying that when she was a child, her stepfather had sex with her and her sister. And it was just like this, I don't, I'm not mm-hmm. sure this would work today <laughs> on a stage today. Yeah. But, you know, it just felt, um, 
like oh like I don't know it we just as a culture would interpret that so differently yeah for sure I felt like so that out of the three the the third one act I was like I can't imagine this aging well today no I just can't I just can't like it was so funny like I really enjoyed reading it mm -hmm. you know what I mean but but I, I think you're right I could, yeah, I could see it being very, like, controversial in a way that's, like, how is this, like, what, what is the intention here? Like, what is, you know, what, what are they trying to say about this? But I don't, the, the level of wackiness almost made it, like, okay, maybe I could forgive this. Like, I kind of, like, it's more little right. free, just so wacky and out of this world in a way. Um, it's so but, obviously not taking itself seriously. Yes, Exactly. Yeah, And I was trying to think about comedy that is written in this way now that, I mean, it's so unafraid to step over the line of, um, like, social taboo. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I, don't, I don't know if I have a comparison in today's theater world that I can draw to compare with these plays. Yeah. Well, well, particularly with the third one, like this kind of humor, I mean, I guess it does live in the world of, of sketch comedy and improv, which I am not as tuned into. Yeah. I, it's, I'm, you know, the, I feel like what's constantly happening in a discussion of comedy is like how, how far can comedians like push the boundaries right during this day and age um particularly when there's like cancel culture <laughs> like right um and so i honestly yeah i'm so curious to know during this time during this pandemic like what's what's going to come out of all of this because everyone has became more of like video visual like zoom like i've been watching a lot of like well in the beginning of the pandemic, I was watching a lot of like Zoom comedy shows and I easily like got turned off by it because I was like, yeah. I was like, okay, I can't see another comedian in his apartment anymore. Um, <laughs> just, like, I, I also wonder like, too with video, you know, I think people are much more cautious mm-hmm. um, posting videos online because they can so easily be taken out of context and you just yeah. don't know what the context is that you're going to appear within. Like you don't know if somebody's going to come watch your video, you know, with a certain frame of reference that is not at all what you intended. And that just feels so different from a live performance, mm-hmm. which, you know, people can't share, you know, share a clip of your live performance to, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a bunch of strangers without your knowing about it yeah. in theory, I guess. Um, well, I was just going to ask you um, about the, the group of these plays together. Like, what do you think about having these three all in one night? What similarities are there or mm-hmm. how do you think they complement each other? Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, I think they did a good job calling it power plays because it was obviously each of these plays had this thematic thread of that it's 
between two multiple people having like push and pull of like who's in charge, who's in power of this moment of this scene. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of fun to just to see, like to read and imagine like these actors um, like having that, that authority kind of like mm-hmm. playing and balancing and like a huge, it is a balancing act of all these plays. Um, so yeah, I kind of just imagined, you know, it, it really is like an evening of comedy. Like I, 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 this is where I kind of, and a thought crossed my mind too, is just like, do like, can you imagine if, if let's just, one of these plays was a full length 90 minute play. Mm. Like, can the comedy sustain itself in those 90 minutes? Like, no. No. Because <laughs> like, no. there's something about, like, it really does feel like short form works. Yeah. Comedy. I agree. Um, but yeah, I was just like, I can't imagine a 90 minute, com- like, I mean, that's, we have 90 minute comedy movies that, you know. Yeah, but they have multiple. I think what makes them short form is they're each one, um, like a single narrative thread. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you wanted to make it into a longer work, I think you'd have to bring in another subplot or another mm-hmm. story to kind of complement it. Yeah. Particularly the, the middle one, virtual reality, I that one started to feel a little tiresome to me in the middle um, with the... With, just with like lefty's frustration about not understanding what was going on mm-hmm. and the payoff was huge and it totally worked for me in the end because of where the story went but yeah i can't imagine it being longer yeah yeah the second one in comparison to the first one the second one felt like a it was more conceptual yeah it was like i don't know what's how this concept could sustain itself longer than this, you know, like, because it's just about, um, these two guys just doing a job. They don't know what that is. Like, there's a lot of like, there was this ambiguity. Like, I just couldn't like really sustain under yeah. versus Elaine may or in the first one where we immediately know who they are, their names, who they are individually. So you, I could kind of imagine the first one almost being a little longer than one act mm-hmm. just because like, I was just like, I, I wanted to see like where the night was going to take them. Like, mm-hmm. are they gonna, yeah. is she going to get a raise? Like, is she going to become like <laughs> her assistant at the, uh, uh, at the end instead of her secretary, you know, like, um, or is she going to kill her or kill her? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I could that of all of them, that was the one that when it ended, I was like, oh, it's over. That was too short. Too short, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So I think we mentioned that Ellen Arkin and his son were uh, the so the cast members were Ellen Arkin and his son Elaine May and her daughter. Uh, I believe her name was Jenny Jenny Berlin. Now I have a question for you, Sam. Would you do a show with your family? <laughs> would you, would I you work with your family? Do a show with my children, which of course are non-existent. Um, yeah, 
So you mean like, would I do a show with my parents? Yeah. I, yeah if, my out of all the family members. Yeah. Like who would you, would, which family member would you do a show with? And like, oh how gosh. would that go? <laughs> I think I could do a play with all of them or any uh-huh. of them. Um, yeah, I would do that. I, I, God, I hope I'm not signing up for anything I come to regret later, but <laughs> I think it would be um, probably really fun and also at times stressful. <laughs> Just like any theater experience. Yeah. Um, would you? I thought about it. I was like, okay, I think I was thinking about it with my um, fiance. I was like, hmm, if I did with him, I think we could, I could imagine us being two very like, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like he's always a straight man and I'm the wacky one, like the two of us mm. just like, and always – um, and I also imagine with me and my sister, cause like we just have, I like, think you and your sister would be really good <laughs> in, a, in a two, two person show together. We are so wacky. Like I, we, we would just be walking down a street and all of a sudden we just like look at each other and we're just like on the street laughing our head up without saying a single word. And then we just like, <laughs> and then it's, we have like this, like, I don't know, but like, it's like we both thought of a thing at the same time and and it's like we looked at each other we thought of it and then we're like laughing our head that i can't believe we just thought that at this it's like a weird psychic thing that happens and well and you have the same sense of humor yeah we and do also your sister's not afraid to like uh criticize you <laughs> yeah in a very funny way she absolutely is not afraid to criticize me absolutely uh to a point that we will fight <laughs> um yeah so yeah i could see like that could be like a fun i can't imagine all three of us me and my sister and nick together in a show if anything is nick frustrated with both of us so maybe it could work um, i'm just picturing it and in my mind you're just laughing out loud the whole time always always laughing yeah yeah uh i can't stop laughing you guys <laughs> Uh, would you do a play with your nephew? Yes. He <laughs> would be the star of the show. And I'll just be the supporting actor. Third I was like, you know, where, I'll just follow him wherever he goes. I'm just following him. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Anyways. Um, yeah, I think. Do you have any final thoughts about Power Plays? Any final thoughts? I'm trying to think. Like, I'm just, I, I think I'm very impressed just how um, this, like, craft of making people laugh mm. <laughs> is, is, I'm always, like, trying to pay attention, like, why it works, why it doesn't work. And I feel like, although if this, the, uh, the, the contents of the comedy or whatever it is feels dated, maybe the language, but I think the mechanics are so relevant. And I mm-hmm. think that if you're interested in writing comedies, I'd like, I think this is, these are some good place to look at and how it's executed and like paying attention to those twists and turns and like why it went that way. It's like a, these are, I would say, yeah, these are pretty good case studies in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
Do you have final thoughts? <laughs> um, I, well, we started talking about other two-woman plays and how there aren't that many of them. Mm. I think there are a lot of two-hander plays about two men, but there aren't that many plays about two women. So it was it was cool to read The Way of All Fish for that reason, and it made me think I want to read more plays about two women. So I'm going to go searching. Yeah. And listeners, if you... Yeah, we were wondering about this, about two um, women hander. Two, what do you call it? Two women handers? Is that what's... I mean, I guess two-hander means like a play with two people in it, but I think that term is kind of gross. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, you're like handling and handing things? I don't know. It's just like, why not call it a two-person play? Two-person um, play. But also, like, doesn't a person have two hands? So wouldn't two hands be one person? That just has never made sense to me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> of course. Um, um, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess I would just call it a two-woman play. Mm. Okay, so a two-woman play. So listeners, if you have any recommendations of two-woman play, um, we'd love <laughs> to hear it because we were, one, we were curious about this. Like I was like, I could not think of – I just couldn't think of any top of my head. Except but, you're playing Monopoly. That, it's a little different. Because it's like two kids. Two kids, yeah. yeah. But like two women. Yeah, that would be interesting. Um, And then maybe we'll go out and write it. (laughs) Um, Or you should write it, listeners. And then tell us about it. And then come be on our show. Okay. All right. Well, should we move to Glissons? Yes, Glissons. Okay, I'll go first. My glisten is there's this nonprofit organization called Black Girls Run. And I could not believe, like, I was, like, really impressed by this organization because I was, like, watching the news and it kind of came up. But basically it's, um, they organize all across the country, you know, connecting black women to each other and, like, you know, running together. Cool. to promote health and fitness. And I don't know, that struck me because, you know, just recently I was going for more walks and more runs. I'm trying to like be outdoors more. And I was just like, it it just never occurred to me like how, how, you know, a young black woman might not want to do that because of the fear that mm. it could be stopped at any point by, you know, but I was just like, that is horrible because, you know, how because I need to run or be outside to be healthy so if Mm. they are so afraid to do that they're also not being able to take care of themselves you know so that just like really struck me in a way that was like wow that's I was like more injustice (laughs) Um, yeah and it's just like that's just not fair so I thought this was a really cool organization that that was all about promoting um health and fitness that in a way that's cool very cool yeah, that is cool. So, so the idea is to run in a group to mm-hmm. feel safer. And- yeah. And it seems like at the end or like once a year, they do a kind of like a big marathon type thing. Like everyone comes together and like a run together. Um, cool. So I thought that was really cool. Well, my glisten is not nearly as cool as that. My glisten <laughs> is just that 
Um, it's finally time to eat peaches, mm. fresh peaches here in Maine. And you just had them this morning. It's so good. <laughs> That's <my guess. laughs> I love peaches. I feel like I wait all year to eat them because they're so terrible when they're out of season. And so. Nice. Wait, is it toward end of summer? Yeah. That's good. Yeah. End of summer. I don't know. Do you guys have peaches in California? You probably have them all year round. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've been getting a lot of like stone fruit. Mm-hmm. That, is like is, is peaches one of them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Do you say uh, apricot or apricot? I think I say apricot. <laughs> yeah, all those peaches, plums, nectarines, apricots, those are all stone fruits. I really love pluots. They're okay. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I really love pluots. I just love peaches. I just think they're the best one. All right. You know, if I'm like making – you're making me hungry. Um, so, <laughs> listeners – Thank you for so much for joining in. Uh, we'll be sure to link out some of these helpful links that we found about these plays. Um, and make sure to share, subscribe. Do do the thing that you want to do but afraid to do. <laughs> oh, is that like a goal for the week? Yeah. <laughs> so talk about Beckett's babies. <laughs> <laughs> do you think people are afraid to talk about Beckett's babies? I think there are, I, I'm sure there are people out there that are afraid. If they're, if, if Come not, on, babies. Fuck up. Come on. Peace <laughs> your fears. Yeah, exactly. All right. Thanks for listening, folks. Bye.